Welcome to the Palmetto Street Church of God message podcast. We pray that you are inspired by today's message, and we hope that you share and subscribe to this podcast so that the gospel of Jesus Christ can go forth and reach many people in our world today. Enjoy the message. I have been preaching about freedom for weeks now, for it is the will of God and the call of God. Freedom from sin, which the gospels instruct us, no matter if you are Jew, Gentile, bond, or free. Also, the epistles show us as well, because you can be bound by sin, you can be bound by weight, and you can be bound by religion. You can be bound by legalism. And I will be honest with you, legalism sometimes is hard to break free from than sin. Everybody can see sin in the street, but sometimes it's hard to see sin in the church. But I know a God that's able to deliver, sanctify, and bring you out. The problem is, though, that sometimes in the church, our deliverance is at levels, and God never intended for our deliverance to be at levels. It's like when you go to Chick-fil-A. How many of you like to go to God's house at Chick-fil-A? That's what people call it. I don't know for certain. But they ask you, it's a great day at Chick-fil-A, how may we help you? The reason that they can say that is that they have the resources according to their own board that whatever you ask, they can meet that need because they have an ample supply out back. They are ready for the moment. But they will only meet the need of what you ask for. They will not give you what you do not ask for. And you ask, you shall receive with them if you have some green bag or a Visa card like my beautiful wife carries all the time. It's the same way with God. He will not force it upon you. He has everything that you need to be free, but God will never force that freedom upon you. It's a great day at Power Ministry. How may we help you? What do you need from God? Many people mask it. Many people hide it. Many people jump over it, shout over it, run around, and they're hiding knowing that while they're free in the flesh, they're bound in the spirit. They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. And God doesn't want to just see you healed like the man who was anointed and his eyes opened, but he saw men as trees walking. God wants you to be totally free from everything that kept you bound. God died so you might be free in Jesus' name. God didn't deliver you to be bound by something else. God didn't bring you out for you to go back in the same stuff that God brought you out of. Is anybody listening in this house? And so when you understand this series, it is about total deliverance and total freedom. In fact, it is God's gift for you. It is the gift of God for you to receive it. And you must accept it. And if you accept that gift, it empowers you to live a righteous, abundant life, not by your own power, but by the Spirit. That's why the writer would say in the New Testament, they that walk in the Spirit shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It's like somebody told me recently that the Holy Ghost led them in the sin. I told them, no, that's not the Holy Ghost. That's your flesh. The Holy Ghost is not going to lead you in the bondage. And they always quote to me, well, Jesus was led into the wilderness. Yes, he was, honey child, but you're not Jesus. Now, if you're Jesus, I've got a happy meal that you can bless and you can just feed this whole church. If you're Jesus today, let's go by the seashore, open the fish's mouth, and I want you to find me some money in that fish's mouth. You understand? If you're Jesus, I've got some Zacchaeus in my family that I need you to call out right now. My daddy's already in the house. Call him out right now in Jesus' name. You're not Jesus, all right? 
And so people are going in the sin saying that God gave me that. That's not God. Be careful. God's gifts are good. They come from up above. They don't cause trouble. And God doesn't take it back. If it's a gift, you don't have to hide a gift. You don't have to hide what you're doing if it's a gift. If it's a gift, we don't hide presents in the back. We open them before the cake. I'm preaching to somebody. If you accept that, that's why the apostle Paul said, I will be bound by nothing. I will be free. Paul said everything is permissible, but everything doesn't bring edification. Everybody running around in 2021 talking about nobody can control me. Nobody can contain me. I can do everything because I'm free in God. I can too. I'm 43 years old. I can buy, do, go wherever I want to. But you better be careful. Everything that I am permissed to do is permissible for me will not bring edification to my testimony, my walk, my family, or my children. You understand? I'm ashamed of what I've done as a teenager that my boys have to hear about what I've done as a teenager. I don't want to bring no more shame into his life at 43. Only thing I can tell him at 14, that 14's upon the blood. But now I'm doing it by choice. Freedom. Freedom to come out. God wants you to be free. And the thing about God being freedom, sometimes we don't understand it. I read an illustration recently. I was reading the book about John McCain. That the Senator John McCain, when he was captured, they asked him what was his biggest struggle. And I thought he would talk to Steve about the prisoner of war camp. He said his biggest struggle was that his father's name kind of overshadowed him. He was always known by his father. But when he was captured by the enemy, put in a prisoner of war camp, nobody talks about his father's stuff anymore because now he has his own identity. And what was strange that I read that, God had to let him go into a prison to learn how to be free. And not only was he so free in that prison that when he was able to come out, he would not come out because they found out his father was famous. They was going to let him go, but he had enough character to say, if those up under me can't come out, I'm not going out. I'll stay with them. See, he's free, chose to stay there knowing that the chains does not bind me because I'm free in the spirit of God. I want some of you to be free. You may not have the best marriage, but you can be free in God. You may not have the best job right now, but you can be free in God. You don't have to show up to Burger King tomorrow with a frown on your face, hating everybody, throwing a croissant at the first person that walks in. You could go there knowing that this job might be temporary, but let me do a good job here because God sees in private. And while nobody else don't see what I'm doing and nobody else don't know what I'm doing, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Freedom. I'm talking about total freedom today, and I want to give a few minutes. I know we're a little behind time, so I'm not going to take much of your time, but would you give me just a little bit of time? Is that okay today? I want to talk to you about the Exodus. If any, any book of the Bible instructs us in freedom that I'm preaching about, it is the Exodus. The Exodus is about the children of God, the children of God being in captivity 430 years, 430 years, being in slavery 400 years. 40 years scripturally is a generation. 10 generations now are bound. 10 generations are removed from where they knew about the goodness of God. Be careful. Every generation that does not know the fullness of God, T.D. Jake said it this way, it dilutes and it pollutes. It dilutes your knowledge of God and it pollutes your relationships. That's good. Anybody listening today? It dilutes it. It dilutes it because things that we would not do yesterday become accepted in today's society. What we held sacred, our children don't hold sacred anymore. Fellowship of God, the the brotherhood, doing things with the church. 
holding the church sacred, prayer life, fasting, the spirit of God, making fun of the holy things of God. I don't make fun of the holy things of God. There's this new movement now that laughs about anything that happens in church. Now, if John Mark gets up and falls out on the floor today trying to leave the door, I'm going to laugh at that. I'm just going to be honest with you. But if the Holy Spirit's moving today, I'm not laughing at the Spirit of God. There's a difference. I, I, I might be old school, but I, I'm just telling you, I'm not laughing. There's some things that should be sacred. And so they did not know the God of yesterday. And they are in captivity for almost now 10 generations. But the funny thing was, they did not desire to come out. They only desire to come out when a king changed. And when that king changed, and the Bible said of chapter 1 of Exodus, that king did not remember Joseph nor his God. Now that king starts to put punishment upon them that they didn't like. Notice this now, that the bondage is still bondage. It's just a different level of bondage. See, you've got to be careful because you start accepting things in your life that God never intended for you to accept. Are you listening? That's why I started with that story about Chick-fil-A. It's to a level. And so what we have today, we have people that love God. I truly believe that. We have people in this church that love God. They love me. They love this church. They, they come here. They give. But there's certain things that they've not released to God yet. And you don't realize you're so beautiful and you're so close to a breakthrough. You're so close to preaching me up on the table where people start saying, where, where, where I'm just using you by example. You, you sitting on the front row, that's your fault today, amen. And so where did Matthew come from? He was the banker and now he's running revivals. I'm using him only by example, sitting on the front row. What happened? What happened was he released himself to go deeper in God and refused to be bound by anything anything that would keep him from the will of God. Biblical freedom is full release to God, separated from your past to do the will of God that God has destined for your life. So I come to preach to some people today. I want you to come out of Egypt. But some of you won't come out of Egypt because Egypt is not too hard yet. But God's about to turn up the heat in your Egypt to make you uncomfortable. You like that boyfriend because he's handsome but you don't know how mean he is, but it's about to come out. You like that job because you're cheating somebody, but God's about to expose the little ring that's going on and you have to realize either I can trust God or I can trust man. And see, some of us say, Pastor, don't ruffle the waters. Church is good. I'm kind of in church. I'm kind of in the world. And if you want me to keep coming, just let me see Egypt on Friday night and I'll give you God on Sunday morning. It's not, not me, sister, that I, I want you to chase. It's a holy God that wants to change your life. You are made for more than what you're living right now. But you don't realize the point, point number one. First thing, you have an oppressor who wants to destroy your soul. You have an oppressor. You have somebody who wants to turn up the heat in your life. The Bible said the adversary has a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. The Egyptian God, the Egyptian leader, the taskmasters, they hated the children of God. And it was only, listen to me, it was only that with a king change that they looked around and said, oh my goodness, 
there, I don't want to talk about American government here because I'll get somebody mad, but, but this, is, this happens over and over and over again. They looked around and said, there's more of them than there are of us. We got to do something because if they ever see themselves as they are, powerful, big number, skillful, called of God, God's on their side. And if they ever come together, they might join with our enemies, scripture says, talking about the Egyptians, and they might overtake us and leave out of the land of bondage. If I could ever get you to see how powerful you are in God, if I could ever get you to see how big your God is, he's not a little G God. He's not a God statue at the cash register, at the restaurant. Your God is not some small God that fell off the throne. You serve Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Tiskadu, Jehovah Shama. You serve the God that's called the Alpha and the Omega. You serve Yahweh. You understand the God that I'm talking about now. You serve Jesus Christ. I know some people can't say Jesus anymore because it don't sound real spiritual. But if they've ever been in a fire like I've been in, I don't have to have a fancy name. I can just whisper the name of Jesus. I, it was good. For, oh, I'm about to preach. It was good for my grandma. It was good for my old preacher. It's still good for me. I know it's an English translation, but it still works today. Even the devils know the name of Jesus Christ, right? So if you knew who you really were, but see, some of us, we've got comfortable living in the house of the oppressor. mm mm God didn't save me to live in the house of the oppressor. God didn't save you to go back and live with a drug dealer. Okay, I'll press it. Some righteous person leaned over and said, he's talking to somebody, but not me because I don't deal with drugs. God didn't save you to go back and live on the weekend with that old boyfriend. I preach to the people watching online. Why y'all get quiet right there, amen? Right? You're better than that. I'm not preaching down to you. I'm trying to lift you up and out. You're called of God. You're anointed to sing in the choir, but you get convicted every time you walk in the church because the oppressor is running after your life. It's time to kick him in the head and walk out of that thing and say, not on my watch. I am called for better in Jesus' name. Verse 10, real quickly, you gotta hurry with me. Verse 10, saw them multiplying. They were worried about joining with their enemies and leaving. Why? Because when the oppressor lives in your house, he limits your knowledge. When you don't know what God's called you to, you will accept anything in your life. You have this word to speak into your life. Don't go by anything other than this word. Not only limited knowledge, the Bible said in verse 11 that he broke them down. He put unnecessary burdens on them to weigh them down. That's why the Bible said, lay aside every sin and weight which so do easily beset you. If God takes a burden off of you, don't put it back on there. I'm gonna preach this. If God has forgiven you of a sin, don't you ever put that yoke back around your neck again. That's bondage. Brother Neil, I, will, I would sing in the choir, but I left the church mad one time. I embarrassed myself and nobody will forgive me. Brother, we forgave you when you walked out the church. Two, you're not the only one that's ever been mad at the church. Three, there are people mad at the church right now. They just, they just got a smile on their face. 
That's life. That's life. With COVID and politics and everything going on, everybody's just trying to find what's truth. Get over it. If God's forgiven you of a sin, I had an affair back in 1981, somebody said. That's 1981. You understand? 1981, right? Anybody remember 1981? I don't, praise God. So you understand? Let that thing go in Jesus' name. Let that thing go, right? Lionel Richie was still singing about dancing on a roof or something back in 1981. Come out of that. You are free in Jesus' name. Let it go. Live above the standard of God. Quit lowering yourself. Your oppressor wants to destroy your life. Don't let him destroy your life. Watch this. Not only do we want to put burden upon you, go to verse 13. The Bible said he put rigorous work upon them. Why? Verse 14, to make their lives bitter. Did you get that? See, when you're in bondage, no wonder people in bondage look so bad, right? When I was in bondage, I tried to be cool, but I wasn't cool. I was bound. He said their lives are bitter because of the hard work and the enemy is ruthless in their life. Verse 14, I come to let somebody know it's time for you to let the root of bitterness go and put joy back in your spirit and come back in the house of God. I always tell people, how do you know that you've repented of your sin? Because you come to God's house. You don't care what nobody thinks. You don't care what they say about you. You don't care if they're gossiping about you. You're not coming to play patty cake with church members. You come to worship Jesus Christ. That's when you know. That's when you know. You know that their oppressor's gone because you come right by yourself. People making fun of you. People laughing at you. People say it won't last, but you come to church with your Bible. You come with it in hand. You were lost three weeks ago, but praise God, you've been found now. And you come into church, and when somebody starts gossiping about you, not at Palmetto Street, because we don't have no gossipers at Palmetto Street. We only have prayer warriors at Palmetto Street, praise God. Some visitor said, he lied, he lied, that poor man. I'm just stretching it. I'm just stretching it, preacher, brother. Just stretching it evangelistically. That's all. It's the truth. You come back and you realize, I didn't come back to Christ for them. I came back to Christ to be free. I come back to Christ to know that if I die tonight, it doesn't matter that my name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I came back to the church because I missed the fellowship with the saints, but more importantly, I missed the fellowship of the Holy Ghost. I came back to the church because I know I want to live for God and leverage my life and maximize my life. I've only got one life. I'm not going to waste another second. Oppressor, you got to go. I'm coming out of Egypt. I tell somebody today, it's time for you to come out of Egypt. It's time for you to get up in Jesus' name and be free in the power of God. Two, two, second point, chapter two, verse 23, second, just three points. Number two, it's time for you to get your breaking point. The children of Israel, after 430 years, now that's a long time in bondage, right? But with the king changed, now they're upset and they want to come out. I'm going to say this one more time. What bothered me about this is that they finally had enough. I want to ask you, what took so long? 400 years of bondage. Wouldn't you think that they had enough back then? But somebody said, how do I know this? Because they say it later in chapter 14. We had it better when we were enslaved. At least we're not going to die out here in the wilderness. See, some of us would rather take a handful from the oppressor 
instead of missing and miss the whole blessing of God. We like the easy life of accepting the victim mentality instead of having a conquering spirit that says, if God be for me, who can be against me? We'll just stay here in Egypt. We'll make the best of a situation. We'll we'll just let them break our spirit and break our backs and break my children. No, 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 no. Now, see, you had me up till you said my children. I can endure a lot for myself, and my wife is stronger than me. But when you want to touch my children, devil, that's where I draw the line. Some of you need to draw a line in the sand today and say, enough is enough. My daddy was a thief. My granddaddy was a thief. It stops with me. My mama had a bad reputation. Her grandma had a bad reputation. It stops with me. I've been living in sin all my life with my brothers. It's time for one of us to come out in Jesus' name. Somebody's got to get sick and tired of living a life of filth and and wondering about who I hurt last night and what I'm giving up on. God's got a call upon your life, sir. It's time for you to get up in Jesus' name and be the man or woman of God that God's called you to be. We get comfortable in Egypt and we accept as this this is my reality. You are not a victim. You are the bride of Christ. You are called of God. You have purpose running through your veins. You have the spirit of God that lives in you. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now dwells in your mortal body. If that be the case, brother, get up in the name of Jesus Christ and be the righteous man that God has called you to be. How did they get out? The Bible said they had enough and they begin to cry out. Somebody say cry. I'm so thankful I know a God that hears the cry of those who want to get out. I quoted this before the service. Bartimaeus sat by the wayside begging, and he heard Jesus was coming, and he began to cry out, Thy son of David, have mercy on me. I come to let you know if you want to get out, God will hear your cry if you could just whisper his name and say, God, I've had enough. Your marriage is in trouble. If you want to quit playing the blame game and pointing fingers and just say, God, I come with my wife today and we cry out for help. Watch God go to work. You you bound by substance. You bound by gossip. You bound by lust. You bound by something. And you come to the altar and you say, God, I don't know how to fix this. I cry out today. The Bible said that God heard their cry and had a plan for their deliverance. Point three, and I close. When God heard their cry, guess what? God had a plan and God had a man to bring them out. Can I tell you something? The only thing this story is, is a parallel of what Jesus Christ has done for you and what Jesus Christ has done for me. The Bible said that God had a man. What man? A man that back in chapter one and chapter two, when the enemy was trying to kill the seed of the Hebrews because they were so powerful. Don't you understand how powerful you are in God? The enemy was trying to kill their future. The Bible says that the enemy put out a word that said every male child should be killed. But one day this woman had a child and she couldn't kill her child. So she wrapped him up in a basket and she put him in a river. And it just so happened. Somebody say, it just so happened. Nothing just happens with God. 
that this lady picked him up. And it just so happened that it was Pharaoh's daughter. And it just so happened that the Bible said the same thing my mama said about me when I was a baby. This is a beautiful baby. That's what they said. And the Bible says she took that baby and took it back home and wanted to keep that baby even though Pharaoh said the child had to be killed. But she takes that child back to Pharaoh's house. And now you have this dichotomy of something going on. It would be the tug of war that would always be in Moses' life until he decided to get out. Bible said that they raised that child. They called the mother of that child. So instead of that child dying, what Pharaoh doesn't realize is Pharaoh is raising in his own house the very bed that's going to free the children of God. The enemy doesn't know it, but God arranged somebody in his own house to be your deliverance. God can use anything to bless you. And the Bible said that child was raised in a few little twists and turns and a few little running from, from Pharaoh and a killing of an Egyptian. We'll talk about that later. All of a sudden, the Bible said that Moses ran to the mountain of God at Mount Herod, came face to face with God. A bush was on fire but was not consumed. And the next thing you know, God says, Moses, and he says, here I am. And the Bible said that God spoke to Moses in chapter 3 and said to him, I want you to go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. I close with this. This is a parallel of the New Testament. When Adam messed up in the garden, everybody that's been born since Adam was in sin. You were in Egypt. You were in bondage. But that with the fullness of time came. Just like Moses was found in a basket. With the fullness of time came. After Malachi closed it. 600 years was there. The Bible lets us know in Matthew that there came a baby into a woman by the name of Mary. Not born of man's seed, but born of of the Holy Ghost and his name was Jesus Christ are you listening today he grew strong in the carpenter's house he confounded the wise and at the age of 30 he went to ministry baptized of the Holy Spirit his name was Jesus Christ and then on one day they put him on a cross and then they threw him in a tomb but on the third day he got up victorious and now he lives as our champion forevermore who is he? he is our Moses that went back into Egypt and looked the devil in the mouth and said no longer will you hold the people of God captive no longer will they need any other offering I am the sufficient sacrifice and that God saved me and that God saved you and that God saved many others in this house and guess what he still saves in this house today he broke the sin off of my life and he'll break the sin off of your life as well he is our champion he is our deliverer he's our soon coming king God did not come die on a cross for you to be bound by the sin of this world you are called to freedom he who the sun sets free is free indeed stand with me please all over the house it is time to tell the oppressor I am changing addresses I'm making the choice somebody say choice it's a choice. If you want to stay in Egypt, then stay in Egypt. But don't get mad when I begin to walk with God. It's time to come out in Jesus' name. Father, I have preached your word. And I know, God, today we had a lot going on with dedications. But, God, the Holy Spirit has honored this today. People need to come out and be free in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you are inspired by today's message. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and to follow us on our social media. If you would like to give to this ministry, visit us at pscog.org. 
Stay safe and have an incredible day in Jesus' name.